The SportsZilla Show starts now. I am Lance Catamaran. I'm Clint Bobsky. Clint, of course, short for Cameron, which is what my father told me. And my father also told me to live your life to the fullest. Always get an oil change. Beware of time travel and buy shirts. How did we give this guy airtime? What a week it's been. So much to talk about and so many things we can't talk about. I'll have each and every one of you know that I was a desk anchor in Utica, New York for their local broadcast news for six weeks. Six whole weeks, 36 days. And now I'm here with these amateurs. Get your- you don't get the show. Together. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. Yeah, let's get it. Checking your chicken. You're picking up what I'm putting down. How's everybody feeling today? Rain in with the boss, sort of. Well, no, that's on our that's on our later version of Sportsilla in another market, isn't it? Yeah, I have no control over this one. Yeah, I can't I can't call you that. You're just the glue guy on this one. We got Tiffin Studio Scoop is here in an outstanding tool shirt today. They got a Grammy, bud. Yeah, and I was actually talking to a friend last night. We were like, have they ever won a Grammy before? And it turns out, upon further research, they've won three previously, which I didn't know until earlier today. The Internet is a hell of a thing, isn't it? Isn't that that wonderful, Google? We got a lateralis, uh, a rejoin. We got some that that baseline, that groove, so prog rock. I'm a a 46-and-2 guy. I'm fine with that. You really can't go wrong with numerous riffs. At all, as far as tools concerned. Maybe we have to work on that. So I haven't been here for a minute. What have you guys been talking about? Stuff. Stuff? Okay. Stuff. Good to know. We, I couldn't look at Do the, I have to be here? Uh, yeah. Okay. We, we like when you're here. I couldn't look at the Twitch cameras on Monday because of Colby. That just was not happening for me. We got a little bit of basketball to talk with our friend Jack Perry. He's going to join us on the phone from Last Word on Sports out of Chicago at about 3.30. A lot of thoughts on the Super Bowl, which I also had referenced over the past couple of days. I forgot existed because of the passing of Kobe. So that's also happened. But I thought I would bring in something from the, the gig I used to have full-time, K-Rock. Been referenced as Radio Daddy for a while. And you guys know the Rain fam. You've been to the Rain Casa. You know Mrs. Rain. You know the Raindrops. That's what I call my children. Got five of them. <laughs> Your Rain Village. My Rain Village. I was one short of a WNBA team until we had my son, who was four years old, and we call him the dude. But that brings me to hashtag girl dad. And if you listen to Lebitard, uh, was it Diane Rossini? Diana Rossini. Diana Rossini was on, and she does this impersonation of her mom. And it's just following up L. Duncan and the segment that she had done talking about that. And it's trended and gone viral. So fathers of daughters, you're a girl dad, Scoop. Yeah, I am. I'm a girl dad times four. Your dad's a girl dad, Tiff. And there's just something about the bond between fathers and daughters. And Kobe, of course, uh, Gigi Gianna, his daughter, passed away in the helicopter accident. He's a girl dad. And it's just been going around. So that brings me to my oldest daughter of my four, who I am... I did take her for blood work this morning, okay? And then we get in the car, and she's like, I need stamps. So I'm like, all right, I'm only just trying to get to work here. Thanks for dropping this. I'll keep adding to the morning. You know how. Well, you're the taxi driver. Yeah, so she doesn't drive. So Can we go grocery drop uh, shopping too, please? (laughs) Yeah, right. We go over to the post office, and we get the stamps. And it dawns on me as we're driving. I'm driving her back to the house, and I say to her, 
you need to hide the stamps. Once we get back to the house, you need to put them somewhere where your brother, the dude, the four-year-old, my son, the boy, we all know how boys are different than girls, because he will find them. And then he will go around the house and he will grab random things and grab your stamps and just start slapping stamps on. And you're going to waste all your stamps. And your poor animals will be getting, getting stamped, yeah, too. I'm like, he's going to send a juice box to my other daughter who lives in his own apartment. He's going to want to send something to his grandma. I'm like, he's just going to mail random things around the house. And she's like, oh, yeah, you know, that, that that's a good idea. Because when you're four, it's the id. You're driven by what... You can see, smell, touch, taste in the moment. There's no rational thought process to anything. So you know my son. You've met my son. Like, and if you're being told no, you want to do it even more. Yeah. So he'll go over. Like, we have three dogs. We call them the rain pups, right? Got three pit bulls. You know my son. He would take a stamp and probably slap it on Charlie's nose and try to mail the dog to my other daughter's house so that she could have some time. <laughs> or my forehead. And he'd try to mail me across the house to the bathroom. Scoop was at the house uh, not too long ago. It was Thanksgiving, right? We were hanging yep. out. We were watching football. And my son just beat the crap out of Scoop for like three hours. And I'm like, dude, are you, are you okay, man? Are you okay? And he's like, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. Let him. He didn't mind at all. He's petting dogs and just wrestling with my son. It was really kind of a nice day. Have you recovered from the fight? Uh, I just let him beat on me. Like, I, I do this, like, sort of isometric thing. Like, he'll, like, push or shove me. And I just try to give him enough resistance that he can't push me, but he keeps trying. And then like, uh, I just try to see how far I can frustrate him. <laughs> oh, yeah, see, I'm terrible. See, I am. There's part of this that's really terrible, yeah, to be but, honest with you. But he'll clock you. He doesn't yes. care. And he'll, and he'll also, yes. th he thinks he's a police officer. This is not a, a, like a, a one-time thing. Like, he firmly believes he's a police officer. <laughs> and he does he threaten with arrest? Yes. Remember, he, he cussed me out pretty good last time I was there, too. Yeah, he, <laughs> he dropped a word that I'll, sh I'll share for the commercial break on the radio for the Twitch channel. So if you're watching on twitch.tv slash Talk, I can share some even more colorful stories. And I pled with him, you cannot use those words in front of your mother. <laughs> and then I laughed when he wasn't looking. But oh. yeah, he's an entertaining kid for sure. So, of course, don't I drop her off and she left the stamps. You've been in my house. You walk in the door and there's like a, 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 a table, a cabinet with a fish tank. So she left them right there. I'm like, you clearly didn't listen to anything I said. We've been in the house 12 seconds because I'm going to drop her off. I grab my bag to come into work. And that's what happened. So I'm pretty sure you may, my buddy Rick may, I'm sorry, Scoop may have a package from my son. He may okay. mail you something if he finds those. Yeah. So that's, if it's a dog, you might want to return it. <laughs> it's possibly going to happen. He can mail me the dog. That's fine. He can send you the dog. Mm -hmm. uh, Tiff that I work with is going to get a present from my son and it might be a canine. Good. Scoop, uh, Brianna Stewart, her father is a girl dad. It's something kind of cool happened to her. She came back, first game back. What did she do? Well, it's a very interesting story. If you don't know, Kobe Bryant was one of the first people to reach out to her after she had her Achilles injury. They, She wound up using the same doctor that he used. He had advice for her on how to come back from the injury, was sort of a mentor for her. So her first game back, the U.S. Women's National Team playing UConn Monday night, exhibition action, U.S. Women's Team wins 79-64, and she's wearing, as a tribute to Kobe, sneakers with Kobe's name, Gianna's name, and the other victims of the helicopter crash written on her shoes. And, of course, 
Gigi wanted to go to Yukon. So they've got like a jersey laid out for her. They had a whole little seat done up for her. I mean, they've they've honored Gianna at Yukon as well. If you're if you're a, a girl and you want to play D1 basketball, there is no other first choice. It's no disrespect to Syracuse and Coach Q and Quentin Hillsman, but I mean, they just the long run of success is unprecedented in women's basketball. And, you know, Gianna wanted to go there. That's where she had her heart set on playing college ball. So they had some flowers and a jersey out there and like a little sort of memorial almost to Gianna. The teams took a 24-second moment of silence in honor of Kobe. So it was it was nicely done, and it's good that Brianna... You know, local girl back in action, obviously playing, and uh, you know she's affected by this, just like everybody else. You know, uh, this is a very sad moment. Maybe you saw Shaq and Jerry West reacting to th- this stuff with with tears in their eyes. And, Seeing uh, Shaq's uh, reaction was heartbreaking because Shaq's the funny guy. Shaq's the guy that nothing really gets to him. To see him crying on TNT was just shattering. It well, really and, was. And it's it's interesting, too, when I, I look at that in the context of Shaq when he came to the Lakers and he got those three MVPs and they got those three titles. And Kobe was young and Shaq very much trying to assert his dominance in that locker room, almost teasingly calling Kobe showtime, you know, and poking fun at the young guy. He was the elder states. He was a little older. You know, he was the trying to assert his dominance as the alpha male in the room. He was the marquee free agent that the Lakers gave a boatload of money to to get him there. And Kobe was the young upstart saddled with challenging the legend of Michael Jordan. Yeah. And, and nobody ever put that on Shaq. Shaq was a different kind of player, dominating in his own way. But nobody ever put that on Shaq, you know. Uh, but to see Shaq calling Kobe his brother and, and Jerry West just absolutely fractured with grief and sadness. And Shaq saying he was looking forward to the Hall of Fame ceremony where they could kid with each other. Hey, you got five rings. I only have four. Yeah. And uh, I think Shaq said he hasn't talked to Kobe since his last game in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Are you guys yeah. done hijacking the segment and all of our questions for our friend Jack Perrin at three th- at three thirty here on the Sportszilla Show? I can leave ESPN Radio ninety seven point seven and one hundred point one. Well, there goes all the questions we had for Jack. Now it's 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 a tough situation and conversation to walk away from because I f- I feel like everything can tie into it right now because he was so pervasive in influencing athletes in any sport. But speaking of girl dads, not only was Kobe one, Jim Beheim was one. We heard from Jim with some sharing some of his thoughts yesterday about Kobe Bryant. Uh, but of course, it, it all started with Elle Duncan. She's the one that got the girl dad thing happening. And you do know that it's not just two boys that play basketball in the Beheim household. There's Julie, and there's there's a couple of daughters in there too. He has his older daughter Liz, and then Jamie. So he's a girl dad, too, but he had a basketball game yesterday. I don't want us to run on the time talking about it really quick. So the Clemson game was uh, one of those. The end was aggravating. Uh, It was one of those. You know, you just go, ah, it was like a lot of woulda, coulda, shoulda there at the end. You know, I think that 
They were trying to put everybody in the right, best situation that they could be in at the end of that game, and it just didn't work out. Should be a Q2 win when it's all said and done. is isn't ultimately a bad loss. Just got to move on to Duke on Saturday. Scoop, I wanted to throw a, a few things, a few keys to the game out at you and let you react. Uh, of course, they had that late review. Is the difference between 1.4 and 0.9 seconds on the clock. I don't know if that half a second maybe made Eli feel rushed when he you know put up that shot that he missed to win the game. They ended up losing. A buddy of Eli each had 22. Joe Girard struggled in the first half. He came out in the second half. They were 14 of 15 from the free throw line as you look for a positive. They couldn't shut down Tevin Mack. He had 32 for Clemson. Uh, part of the reason Sidibe and Dolajai foul out, they had some trouble in the middle inside. A quote from Beheim: we think our center can guard that guy there in the high post, and he didn't. That was the game. That middle position is where the game was decided. Uh, Three-point shooting, as we had touched on previewing yesterday, seen a little bit of a decline percentage-wise overall with the team in the last handful of games, but especially in the last two. They had just four assists against Clemson. Beheim cited the number of ISO plays that they were calling. However, on the flip side, Clemson had 17 assists on their 26 attempts. That's basically the synopsis of some of the keys of the game and that tough one-point loss to Clemson on the road. I think, you know, uh, Merrick and Barama fouling out is just big. That was the backbreaker. Is is just big. I mean, you, you got to have those guys in there. You don't want them to foul out. Uh, and it's going to be that kind of game when you play them. was looking at Saturday, looking ahead for the Q's. As of right now, according to John Wildhack, AD of Syracuse, 31000 and change is where the tickets, the ticket sales stand. So you, you got to scoop up a few more. The record was set last year against Duke, 35642 I think we can get to 35643 Don't you? Uh, sure. I, certainly, they got they put a folding chair in there if they run out. <laughs> I'm telling you, one the ozone or the students should it be 44. The uh, the last two digits. Uh, yeah, let's go for that. There let's, you go. Let's go for that. Like, see, I like the way this guy thinks. In the ozone or the student section, I am expecting some uh, various Jeff Capel chants based on what set Shashevsky off last night. That was I, funny. I don't know if you saw that. And then ultimately, it wasn't. It was a big misunderstanding. Correct. But man, was was Coach Kate angry, scolding them? Yeah, he went and yelled at them <laughs> in Cameron. Crazy stuff. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back. Uh, of course, Super Bowl Sunday this Sunday. Some thoughts on that. Some peripheral observations on the Sportsilla Show, ESPN Radio, ninety-seven point seven and one hundred point one. It's the Sportsilla Show on ESPN Radio, ninety-seven point seven and one hundred point one. Here's Rain and Scoop. Watch Syracuse Duke with Eric Devendorf and Roosevelt Bowie. All you have to do is tune into Q's Sports Talk on Twitch while you watch the game on TV or listen on Brother Station TK99. Pull up twitch.tv slash Q's Sports Talk to hear live reaction from Syracuse legends Roosevelt Bowie and Eric Devendorf. Tune in Saturday, 745, a Syracuse Duke watch party only on twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. I'm really looking forward to this one because it is the Duke game. It's a huge rivalry game, and I think the boys are going to be hyped throughout. Yeah, and you know what? You win this game Saturday, who cares about the Clemson game? Nobody. True. You know what I mean? True. Nobody. A jacket's got to come off during that game. Has to. Yeah, there was there was the official Jim Beheim jacket toss tracker 
with Noon's Magician is out there. And I don't think there was a jacket toss. I didn't catch a jacket toss yesterday. Nope. There was none that I'm aware of. That I, I missed it if it happened. So you get the, the let's see, the record in the jacket toss games. Bake <laughs> heading back to 27-18 is 15-3. and three. Syracuse has won seven straight jacket toss games back, dating back to last season. Got a 9-2 and two record in ACC jacket toss games since 2017-2018. Road record in jacket toss games over the last two seasons is three and all. Oh, those are all ACC games. We got the latest stats that are important. Yeah, that's why we lost. That's with Jordan uh, in our studio, uh, screening phones and things like that, producing things for us. Said right in our earphones, and I have to agree. Maybe coach is just saving that for the bigger game on Saturday. Toss the jacket against Duke, and we win within the first thirty seconds. He should do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just just <laughs> get it out of the way. Uh, okay, and they've tipped off. Oh, Coach Beheim just threw his jacket. What are you mad about? Nothing. Nothing. I just want to win. I saw the stats to back it up. <laughs> when I toss my jacket, we win. We're going to ask him about that when we talk to him next Tuesday. So it's the glue guy, Matt. It's Scoop. It's Rain. It's Tip in studio. Jack Perrin from Last Word on Sports coming up to talk more NBA. Obviously, there's uh, the Colby conversation have. But they are back playing games. We forget about that. But on Sunday... Some might call it the big game. Others will call it Super Bowl Sunday. As you know, I call it Super Bald Sunday. Have you heard about that? Yes, uh, you have reminded me several times about that. Did uh, you forget about that? I, I did not forget about that. Was it on the back burner, though? Uh, it, it, there's no way it could be on the back burner because you don't allow that to happen. It's cooking right up front. Super Bowl is on the way. Are you getting bald every time he says it? <laughs> Uh, I I would go bald. But I'm that, losing a few you're, hairs. You're getting balder by the moment, but that might be your new uh, added responsibilities doing that to you. I don't know. Don't sh- don't shave your head. You played yourself if you do that. You remember the Seinfeld episode where I, the dude that was the Devils fan shaved his head and it never grew back. Never grew back. Eileen uh, was uh, she was dating that guy, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a Super Bowl. That Sunday. face paint guy. Yeah, that face paint yeah, guy. Yeah, Patrick Warburton. That guy. He is the voice of Joe on Family Guy, I believe. Correct. And he does the Enterprise Rent-A-Car commercials, if you want yeah. visual. But this is DJ Khaled hyping us up for the game. It's a Super Bowl. Super Bowl 54. San Francisco 49ers taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. few things that you can always expect during Super Bowl week. Lots of parties. The ultimate football weekend. All I do is win, 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 no matter Many of you will be hosting a Super Bowl party this weekend, and that means... That's going to be a nice time. San Francisco, they'll be facing Kansas City in the Super Bowl in Miami. Because all I do is win, 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 And if you go in here, put your hands in the air, make them stay down. Get lost, Daddy, trying to watch the ball game. Ha, Scoop's going to watch it with me in my house. Nick Mangold. That was T-Pain, by the way. Was that T-Pain at the yeah. end? Really? Yep. No, there was... There's DJ Khaled in there, wasn't there? Didn't he say something in the middle? Yeah, DJ Khaled, we the best. That's all he said. That's all he said. That's, whatever. What's the difference? You millennials. That's his contribution every time. It's like, dude. Millennials. A, I wish I could just show up somewhere and say my name and get the millions of dollars he gets. And get the credit for it. You know, maybe just put, put a little rhythm to it. There you go. You know. Nick. Scoop into his house. Here's a million. You know, oh, that'd be nice. It would, I could just cash in like that. Whenever I produce the Sports Illustrated show, that's all I should do. <laughs> Nick Mangold, who has been blocking uh, for quite a while, he's a center, Kansas City Chiefs. Former Jet. Former Jet, all pro. 
uh, what it's like blocking for Pat Mahomes. When you're sitting back there and you have someone who's sitting in the pocket and you know they're going to be at seven yards deep, you know, or this pass, or they're going to be five yards, or, you know, it's a nine-yard drop, you know that spot, so you know where they're going to be. Patrick is a whole another magician where he could be anywhere, and, you know, you don't know where he is. So if a guy starts running, you know, going off to a side, he's like, oh, this is great, I'm going with him, and next thing you know, you know, he's right there in the quarterback. Luckily for the Chiefs offensive line is he gets out of that. And I don't know how he does it. It's his magic that he has, but he's able to break free and, and make plays. And it's something special. It's the least important part of Super Bowl Sunday is the game, right? It's the food. It's the commercials. It's the halftime show. The commercials have been garbage the last couple of years. Yeah, we got to break those down over the next couple of days. But what about the halftime shows? I mean, there's been some great ones with... The boss, you love Bruce Springsteen. I, I have an opinion on the ranking that was uh, given to these various halftime shows. Well, I'm opening up Pandora's box for you. Let's talk about it. It's J-Lo with Shakira this year. I, I was fine with Timberlake and Janet Jackson and the whole wardrobe malfunction. There's been some good ones. There's been some bad ones. I thought the year Prince did it and it rained a little bit. Peyton won that year. I thought that was a killer Super Bowl. Well, they listed... Rolling Stone ranked them. I'm sorry, killer halftime. Go ahead. And Rolling Stone ranked U2 as the best from back in 2002. Now, I like U2. There's no way, though, I put them at the top of that list. Springsteen was easily better. Prince was easily better. In fact, those are the two best, in my opinion. And I, I liked the sync Aerosmith, Britney Spears thing just because it was so lemonade and brownies and such a bizarre combination. It was like, one of these things is not like the other. You know, and it was just so out there. I was I was laughing all through it, but I was very entertained. It's lemon tuna fish. Ew. Perhaps you... Ew. Perhaps you prefer spaghetti and meatballs? <laughs> hey, I know you. Uh, you know, I was a fan of the uh, Black Eyed Peas one. A lot, a lot of people weren't, though. That was rated uh, the worst, actually, with Usher and Slash. <laughs> Sounds about right. Everything from 67 to 89 <laughs> was ranked yeah, second. Because for a long time, there wasn't really a big show. You know, they'd have uh, this collection of marching bands, and they, they did some really weird things in those years. 22 years, it was crap. That's all you need to know. I mean, can you imagine, like, this is old school, okay, because it goes back to 67 to 89, but, like, a Carol Channing, George Burns halftime? That's not what America's like, looking forward to? Oh, my God. Phil Collins, Christina Aguilera, Enrique Iglesias, Tony Braxton, Tina Turner in 2000. No one did, not one song was selected from any one of those artists that was an actual hit. It was like this obscure deep cut medley, and people were not into it. Gloria Stefan. Gloria Estefan and Olympic figure skaters in 92 also ranked one of the worst. You know, a lot of people liked uh, the Beyonce halftime. I just, I was, it was okay. I liked Lady Gaga a little better. To be Lady honest. Gaga was pretty cool when she repelled into you the said it wrong. Lady Gaga. There you go. Lady Gaga. That's right. <laughs> that is my usual saying. Lady Gaga. Aerosmith, Britney Spears. That was a, that was a, a favorite of yours with Nelly. It was just so weird. I was like, like, I couldn't believe my eyes. I couldn't believe NSYNC was out there with Aerosmith and Britney Spears all at once. I was like, what sort of parallel dimension have I absolutely have I fallen through a wormhole into? A, a tear in the time-space continuum. It's like a YouTube-recommended video type thing. Yeah, it was just like, it was a mashup. Yeah. The hip, you know? the hip-shaking ratio of J-Lo and Shakira 
is probably going to draw a lot of eyes to the screen, at least amongst the males. A-Rod will be a part of it, I have to believe. A-Rod's going to be sitting there, like, looking at the camera going, I'm watching you. I'm watching you. And let me me also just add that I don't know that anybody will ever do a better national anthem at the Super Bowl than Whitney Houston. It'll never happen. I like Demi Lovato. She did good at the Grammys the other night. You know, she's making her comeback. Think she'll do a good job at the Super Bowl. I don't know what the the prop bet for the time is, but go over. Wasn't it Aretha who who did that really long uh, yeah. anthem? And it was it was like literally you could get up, go to the bathroom, wash your hands, come back into the room. It was still going on. And grab a beer. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but love and respect for Aretha Franklin. But yeah, that was it. Got painful after a little while. We got to take a break. Jack Perrin from Last Word on Sports going to join us next to talk some NBA and other things. This is the SportsZilla Show, ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. Got to say thanks to our man Jordan producing things behind the scenes for the SportsZilla Show, who has just been dropping some serious knowledge. Do you get any of those numbers that rattle still in the top of your head, glue guy? Uh, no, but I thought he said 156 is the over-under time. Is the over-under for the national anthem for Demi Lovato? He said uh, she just did one for UFC and it went over 211. Oh, yeah. She's going she's gonna to maybe set a record for the longest Super Bowl national anthem Ever. Might put $20 on that. Yeah. There's a lot of prop bets. It's ridiculous. It's amazing. We've got a lot more to talk about as far as that's concerned over the next couple of days. But we have Jack Perrin on the phone. You can see his face if you've subscribed. Q Sports Talk on Twitch.tv. You've got a picture of him out there. Approved. Glad to have him on here. We've been doing the SportsZilla show on Sundays from 11 to 1 for the better part of five years. And Jack, this has got to be the fourth year in a row, fourth or fifth year in a row, where he is, it's just an anniversary and a tradition that we have him on the week leading up to the Super Bowl. Even though he's really our NBA guy, he's well-versed in all sports. So, Jack, first of all, welcome. It's good to talk to you as we do this afternoon drive thing. Sounds good. Yep. Ratings were down for the conference championship scoop. You brought that to my attention. And obviously the Super Bowl is a ratings bonanza. But the, it was interesting to me that there they were not as highly watched as you would have expected. It had been bouncing back, the ratings for NFL football. But then they got to conference championship weekend and it went the other way, which I thought was interesting. I, I guess it just didn't resonate with uh, TV viewers like some of the other games have. Jack, why do you think that is? Yeah. You know, they always point to sort of matchups and and, uh, TV markets, et cetera. I'm not sure why, though, in this case, because to me, to be honest, you've got, I mean, you do have the Kansas City tendency. Maybe it's because they're two smaller markets. Um, You know, when it comes to ratings, you have to kind of separate the as a fan part to the other watchers because the fans are watching those games. So I, I think to where the markets come into play is where you have uh, you have the casual viewer isn't that interested in Kansas City, Tennessee, although as a fan, an NFL fan, I'm hugely interested in it. And I, I think that maybe that's part of it. Um, the San Francisco, Green Bay, um, you know, that, again, I mean, San Francisco is a big market, so I mean, I don't understand why they're not, you know, why it's, why ratings were dropped. One thing I did think of was that 
maybe because the games were switched. It maybe for the games, the early game had been the late game and the late game been the early game, whether that would have helped ratings. I just wonder if that, that may have had something to do with it. Jack Perrin on the phone with us from last one on sports and Sportzilla show, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. So obviously you're a huge basketball fan. We usually talk to you to talk NBA, but we've had you on before. Uh, we did a three-way call with you and Tim Roy, who is uh, our friend from Central New York, who has been out for over a quarter of a century calling the games for the Golden State Warriors. And we had talked to him yesterday, Jack, and it, we, we just... It, there's there's games to be played on the schedule, and that's actually a saving grace because the NBA schedule waits for no one. That was one of the points that Tim said. It Maybe it can let the players and the fans kind of just let everything sink in as far as uh, what happened with Kobe, and I wonder what your initial thoughts are on that. Well, I mean, I don't think there's a particular timetable. I mean, you know, Kobe seemed to have some very close relationships with a lot of the players. I mean, you could see just from their reactions. Um, you know, even young players such as Trey Young, um, you know, were, I think, devastated because Gianna Bryant, that was her favorite player in the NBA. And, you know, Kobe had only been to three games, Laker games this year, and two of them were Atlanta. And, you know, one of which, you know, she was introduced to Trey Young. Um, so I, I don't know about, I mean, I, I agree with Tim Roy on the sense that there are games to be played, you know, when the game is going, I think that, you know, things get forgotten during that. They're professionals, um, they're competitive. Um, but, you know, you never know afterwards how they're going to feel. You know, clearly fans are extremely, you know, affected by it, especially if Kobe was their favorite fan or their Laker fan, et cetera. So, you know, I don't know how it'll all play out. I, I don't think it's going to be easily forgotten, though. I really don't think so. Jack, as a Chicago Bulls fan and obviously someone who idolized Michael Jordan, how did you feel about Kobe Bryant as a player? And obviously, how did you feel about hearing how he passed away? Well, I mean, it was absolutely shocking. I mean, I, you know, it's one of the, it's definitely one of those where you remember where you were when you heard about it. And I was actually uh, sitting on my couch in my living room when the, the notice came across. And, you know, it was almost surreal in a sense when it came across. And I actually, you know, told my son, my wife about it. And, um, you know, my son, of course, the first thing he said was like, no way, there's no way, you know, you're messing with me. And I'm like, no, I'm not. You know, and this is, you know, so um, – you know, but as far as feeling for Kobe, I mean, I remember, you know, we've been doing this for several years now, and I was open about that I wasn't always the biggest Kobe fan. I certainly would never have said he was not one of the greatest players ever. I just sometimes, you know, especially as a Michael Jordan fan, you've got your rivalries, et cetera. But I, I do remember, and I, I was thinking back to some of our discussions with Kobe, in particular when he retired, um, I, I remember saying that, you know, I will miss Kobe because – of the fact that there was that rivalry and the fact that, you know, I, I didn't like him, not as, you know, not as a person, but as a player. And as you remember, as a fan, when you say as a player, that's because he hits daggers and he crushes your team. And, you know, that's where fan feelings come into play. And I said, you know, I remember saying I'm going to miss Kobe because of that, you know, even just that rivalry of, of playing and, you know, seeing him in big games. And, um, you know, I, I was – I mean, I was devastated by the particular crash because, you know, it touched – it's a tragedy on so many levels. I mean, you can talk about Kobe all day, and that doesn't diminish how much of a tragedy it is for a 41-year-old. You know, he's, he hasn't even made the Hall of Fame. That clearly will, but, you know, he hadn't even been out long enough to, to qualify. And, um, 
And then, uh, you know, but then there's three 13-year-old girls on it. You know, his daughter. You know, Kobe was a husband and a father, and he was coaching the team, you know, with his daughter. I saw some – I actually watched some footage of uh, Gianna uh, Bryant, and she's doing fadeaways as if she's – you know, she was 13. She's doing fadeaways as if she's in college. I mean, it was astounding. And and I've got to think I don't know much about the other two girls who who passed away on that, you know, on that flight. But, you know, I imagine that's a pretty good team, and I bet there were pretty good players in and of themselves. So they missed out on – their high school career, that being with friends, college, maybe you know one or two or all three go into the pros. I mean, they missed out on entire careers. Not to mention everything else that goes along with it, such as creating families and having children and you know grandkids that you know will not you know Gianna will not be able to present to the Kobe family or to the Bryant family. Um, there's that. There's the other. I mean, the Altabelli family. You know, a father, a mother, and a 13 year old daughter died. And they left a sister and a brother. You know, I mean, that's a tragedy also in and of itself. Then you get into the other mother. Um, I think her name was uh, Sarah Payton, or I think Sarah and then Peyton. Um, you know, they left, I think, just two siblings and a husband. Um, then you, there's a, a coach who, who passed away on it. And then, of course, the pilot. Um, you know, each individual person has family and others. And it's just, I think that you just keep adding it up and it just, there's just no angle that is not a tragedy. With Jack Perrin, our NBA go-to guy here, the Sports Illustrated Show, ESPN Radio, Syracuse, 97.7 and 100.1. Jack, I want to ask you about this groundswell, this conversation that has arisen in the wake of Kobe's death, to have him maybe be the new NBA logo in replacing Jerry West. Now, I'll preface your remarks with my thoughts by saying, I love Kobe, uh, he's an icon, um, and I understand the argument for this, but I don't know how you make Kobe the logo and not make Michael Jordan the logo, if, I, if I'm being yeah. honest. we got about 60 seconds to a break, Jack. Last okay. word on this is yours. Go uh, ahead. Yeah. Absolutely. So I, I put some thought into this as well. Um, you know, I think they had a hard time being able to replace Jerry West because who do you replace him with if you're going to do it? Is it going to be Wilt Chamberlain? Is it going to be Michael Jordan? Would it be Kobe Bryant? Would Bill it be Russell? LeBron James, Magic Johnson? Um, there's so many players it could be, and I think that was the problem. I think the, the opportunity here is presenting itself because of the fact that he tragically passed away. So if, if there was any situation to choose another player, um, this would be it. Um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I, I don't have any, you know, um, uh, feelings that we have to keep the Jerry West logo forever, but I would have had a problem had it, you know, absent the tragedy, deciding which player it would be. And I think every, every player has their own fan base that would say, well, it should be Magic Johnson, it should be Larry Bird. You know, um, there's so many players that you could put into that, um, you know, that category. But here you actually have a tragedy. So it, it makes sense from that standpoint, from my point of view. Jack, we're going to reach out and we're going to do this again real soon. It's been a couple months longer than it should have been. So we look forward to talking well, again very soon. As always, thanks for the contributions. You know, there is also the conversation of retiring 8-24 and 24, or players doing that almost independently without an official proclamation from the league. The Mavericks retired 24, uh, kind of using a little bit of numerology 
in, in some ways as well. Some players are making some combinations to things like that in tribute. Imagine but, if all the All-Stars wore 8s and 24s, and then you took those jerseys and auctioned them off for charity. Fantastic idea. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back on the Sports Illustrated Show, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Thumbs up, Scott. It's the Sportszilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. And if you missed the broadcast or any part of it, remember we've got it podcasted later at ESPN Syracuse. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify, SoundCloud, you'll find ESPN Sportszilla there. Yep, subscribe to the Sportzilla Show. Thank you very much. Of course, Q Sports Talk on Twitch.tv as well. Yeah, we uh, we had a fun few stories. You can go back and watch, by the way, not just Sportzilla Show, but any of the shows here on ESPN Radio in Syracuse. Now, that being said, we have Tiff in studio with us today. We always kind of bring some friends in here. Tiff's a recent addition to the staff, and she's been doing a great job behind the scenes on a number of things, but she's cracking a mic with us from time to time. And you have a Kobe story involving a backpack. Yes. And I want to hear this. Okay. So, when I was in elementary school, I was really big um, NBA fan. I loved basketball. Um I thought I was going to play for the WNBA one day. Didn't happen. But anyway, um, so I was like, I loved it so much that I changed my favorite player all the time, depending on performance or like, I was so big that I would listen to post-game interviews, things like that. Like, I was very big on their personalities. So you're just like us. Okay. <laughs> so, um, I, my mom said, I really wanted a book bag for school. And I said, I want a WNBA one. And she was like, I'm not buying you a book bag until you settle with a team. And I was like, well, what if I just get a team that I don't, that I promise I will never hate? And she was like, okay, fine. So I sat and pondered months and months. I was a big um, Detroit Pistons fan, but I knew once Ben Wallace got traded, I wouldn't be a Ben or I wouldn't be a Pistons fan anymore. So I was like, can't get their book bag. So I was like, all right. Kobe Bryant, I respect him in the game. Even a young kid, I respected him so much in the game because he played it the right way. He never played it as now today would be like the super team. He never asked for any other help. It was it was Kobe and it was Shaq. And they did it. And then it was Kobe and Paul Gasol and uh, Medal Peace. And, of course, they were there to help. But it Kobe was always the go-to guy. And I always respected the way he played the game. So I decided to get a Lakers backpack for Kobe Bryant. Do you still have it? Yes, I do. That's what I was hoping that you would say. You're on the block next with Brent Axe here on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Sportzilla Show out back tomorrow. See you at 3.